0: Hello everyone, this is Rob Brad, and you're listening to Soccer Chaplains United's podcast from the Touchline. Today I'm joined by Ben Dudley and Christina Garber. Ben is the volunteer co-chaplain of the Portland Timbers that plays in Major League Soccer, and Christina is chaplain of the Portland Thorns with the National Women's Soccer League. As NWSL kicked off this past weekend and MLS is set to kick off their league season this weekend, I thought it would be good to have Ben and Christina on for a quick chat and look at our teams before the season begins. So stay tuned. We get the ball rolling right after this.
1: He's found the space and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post. Almost made him in and they have. He has the hat-trick, the second in his career, the third of the night,
2: the hat-trick hero. Talked about, you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're on the angle,
1: and what a goal,
2: what a goal!
0: Well, today on the podcast, I've got two special friends, two special guests, Ben Dudley, the co-chaplain with the Portland Timbers, and Christie Garber, chaplain with the Portland Thorns. And guys, our seasons have kicked off a little bit, at least for you guys, and MLS is getting ready to kick off this weekend. So just wanted to have uh, some of the top tier pro chaplains on the podcast this week, and get a little chat before um, seasons really get raring to go. And, uh, and Christina, we got to start with you because the Thorns on Friday night uh, got their first win of the season. They sit top of the table, but uh, not without a little bit of controversy. Those Thorns.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think when you go a full year without anyone playing in their, you know, hometown, if you will, their home stadium it's an emotional experience for people to uh one be back but and have their fans with them but also just have the excitement and the thrill of competition and um engaging in ways that they haven't really been able to for a while did
0: did you guys have capacity limits for your fans or was it full-on
2: no it's capacity limits i think it's around six thousand, um so well under you know before covid they were seeing crowds of upwards beyond nineteen thousand. so
0: wow that's that's huge I, I think i saw a couple uh <laughs> of the timber instagrams a couple guys headed out to the game with their kids so uh, always always a great environment there and i love how the the organizations mm-hmm. kind of mutually support each other when it comes to uh to game time but yeah the the match ended up 2-1 but uh, as Ben kind of described it a little bit of a boxing match there at the end.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it'll be interesting I know they're contesting it so uh, well, multiple things they are contesting. so I don't know what will come of it. I don't I'm not super familiar with what the turnaround of that kind of stuff is. so we'll see what comes of it.
0: Yeah, because they're they're actually in a cup. Uh, format right now like a little mm-hmm. challenge cup thing that they're they're playing yeah. against each other so when do the thorns play next
2: mm. i don't know no. the exact date I question to Way ask to put but, me on like the yeah yeah we'll,
0: we'll that one <laughs> oh
2: <laughs> when awesome, is it now awesome, I need awesome to, to have know. fans
0: i mean i mean they maxed out did they max out around the six thousand then
2: i think they're a little under it i think people especially in portland i know depends on where you're at in the country, but in Portland, we have been pretty conservative as a city for all of our COVID season. And so, um, you know, I think that's just probably following trend. So, uh, there were fans, there were masks, there's obviously like different regulations and stuff, but I'm guessing people will be a little bit slow to come out, but still. Yeah.
1: I had some friends that, that went and they said that when they, they didn't realize the, Until they got there, I haven't been around six thousand people in a a year and a half. Like I feel really weird about this, and they took some took some time to adjust, and they left early because they wanted to get away from the crowd. And Mm -hmm. I I think there's going to be some adjustment period for those who have chosen to uh, really take extra precaution
0: over the last year Mm -hmm. and a half. Do you think Christina or, or even Ben like that part of the emotion that was maybe in this first game was just part of being pent up all, all kind of season long and kind of living life in this COVID bubble. And now we're starting to emerge. And so maybe there's some, uh, I don't know, higher stakes involved.
2: Oh, I think for sure. I think, you know, especially last year when they played, they were all in Salt Lake and away from anyone's home field, you know? And so, To be able to play back in the stadium that is historically like just a phenomenal crowd. And it gives, um, you know, the visiting team a run for their money just for the sheer environment that it creates. I think, I know it's like cut down um, quite a bit in size, but what they're used to, but I think all of that's emotional. Um, There's a huge, probably, wave of gratitude to be back with the people that love them. And, um, yeah, it's just they've been pent away for so long, so
1: sure, sure, get it. sure it, it makes me wonder, I, i'm I'm curious, too, like, obviously, these are professional athletes, and they're professional, in what they do. And so I don't want to try to take away from that at any in any way. But it makes me think about how, as people, when we adjust back to society mm-hmm. and coming back, like anytime you experience trauma, um our brains aren't able to, uh, it takes time for us to, to get out of fight or flight mode. And, and so I think a lot of us have experienced trauma this year in ways we've never experienced before through, um, experiencing a pandemic loss of loved ones, a loss of jobs, um, just our routine being broken up. And so, uh, a lot of times when, when we're under that stress, like our brain just jumps straight into fight or flight mode. And so, you know, when normally maybe you would stay calm, um, you're quick to react. I, I, you know, I find myself in the parking lot at the grocery store, and somebody cuts me off, and I used to be like, all right, whatever. And now I'm like, roar, let's go. You know, I'm like, wait a second. It's just a car. It's not a big deal. You know, and and I think uh, you see the, all these people post things on social media about um, people acting out of control and stuff. And I just I think we need to give each other a little more grace, and and I wish that we could just hold up like a card and just be like trauma mode. Like, it's okay. You know, like I get it. You're stressed. I'm stressed. Like I give you some grace, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder too, there's this underlying tension, right? I mean, at least here in Colorado, where it feels like we're emerging a bit more from mask mandates and those kinds of things. And sometimes you look across and you don't know where the other person is at with things. And so some people are wearing masks. Some people aren't some people, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a difficult space. Sometimes you don't know, um, you get the sense of, is this person against me? Are they an enemy? Are they a friend? You know, it just, it's a weird tension even now still. Yeah. I think
2: this last season has been a great case study and just knowing and, and maybe embracing this idea that you don't know what someone else is going through. You don't know what they have freshly experienced. And uh, you know, for these players they everything's on a stage. And so whether they like it or not, there are thousands and thousands of people who watch them and they watch their move. They follow their Instagram accounts. They feel like they know them. And so when something happens that feels out of line or unexpected from what they're used to seeing, it can be jolting. But I think it's a great experience in just humanizing. These athletes are an average bear. You know, they have um, from me just knowing personally some of these players have lost loved ones to COVID this year on the Thorns team and um, having to grieve in separation because they've been separated, especially and I think Timbers are similar. Correct me if I'm wrong there, um, Ben, but they've been severely bubbled. So uh, it's, I think there's just so much that goes into it. And so I cheer them on give them lots of grace, but, um, man, they are humans. And so, uh, Yeah. How much of that too, like,
1: you know, I think in sports, sports are competitive. They bring out the fire, the best and the worst in people, you know, like you get fiery, you have your bad days. Um, but now with the social media and the way cameras catch everything, like, in, in the cancel culture we're in, like, you just, there's no getting away with any, you know, anything anymore. Like, I don't know if anybody watched the masters this weekend, but one of the golfers, you know, he's mad. And he like slammed his club down in his bag a couple of times. Well, it was caught on some camera and posted on social media. And he comes out with this big apology. I'm like, you know how many times I've slammed my golf club down <laughs> in a fit of rage because I missed a pot or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just our culture's so strange right now. It's so, um, every, like you mentioned, everything's just under a microscope, like never before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's little room, little room for grace. Um, Ben, yeah. you guys, you guys started, uh, Timber started with, uh, CCL. So champions, it's sort of our champions league for CONCACAF. Um, you guys started off it with a game. champions league. Yeah. What, have how you guys did been
1: it? in it before, Brad? Uh, we have. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Back when the tournament looked a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. We, we won a cup. I'm just messing with you I, I try and remind you because sometimes I know. you forget
1: <laughs> I was there I was there Brad It was a cold night in Toronto
0: <laughs> Yeah we didn't, man, I, we didn't have the luxuries you did In Atlanta of a, a nice uh, Warm environment we to, to we, You know
1: we didn't win that one Be nice
0: <laughs> Hey you've been in a couple That's what, true. what are you guys? You, you're one for two? Yep We're one for two Christina, what about you guys? Have you guys won tournament yet? Six championships. Seems like the Thorns okay. always excel.
2: They're Listen, the right at the top. Two. Yeah, thorns I was one Right. Yeah. There's one for sure. This no, is you're catching me off guard again. On my, <laughs> what do you think I do all day? Look at stats. But you um, should.
1: She's raising yeah. three kids, Brad.
2: I,
0: I call it Ted Lasso. And hello.
2: Lasso. I'm a full-time working person and this is like oh my, my volunteer gig. Oh my
0: <laughs> goodness. You act like we don't work. I'm I'm calling it Ted Lasso. Mm. I don't really care about wins mm. and losses. Okay. You guys seen that show?
2: Oh yeah. But it's the hope that kills. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ben, uh tell us how did um how did Portland do against was it Marathon? Is that the name of the team?
1: Yeah, they're from Honduras. Um Oh, you know, two, two draw. So two down there, right
0: down there. Yeah. Um, So they're set up well.
1: Yeah. Coming home. Just need to get a good result on Tuesday and we'll, we'll keep going. Yeah. um, Which is good. You know, it's fun to watch. Like a lot of the first team was in action uh, in the match and it's fun to see, you know, it's still early in our season. Um, It's the first game, you know, and, um, so there was still, you know, you see some of that on the field a little bit, but I thought the team played really well and you see glimmers of hope and what what's to come this year. And I, I'm just expecting, um, big things for the Timbers this year. I think we're, we're poised to make a really deep run. Um, if not in champions league also in, in the league, in the league this year.
0: Yeah. I, I think Portland, you guys are one of those teams that always have a uh, high hopes and, Make deep runs. And, and you guys won your, your other bit of hardware last year in the in the bubble tournament. MLS is back, right? That's true.
1: The one and only MLS is back tournament champion.
0: Oh, the MLS might come back another time. I don't know. That's true. They bring back the tournament. Did they, did they create a special trophy for it? Yes, I think so. I haven't seen pictures of it. I'll, I'll have to Google I, that.
1: And I don't think it's like Mickey Mouse because it was at Disneyland, right?
0: Uh, Disney world. Yeah. Disney World. Yeah. 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 Just to correct you there, but
1: I know. I, but I think like, honestly, I think that, um, Damian Lillard's, oh, he, so when the Blazers were in the NBA bubble down at Disney world, I really think he won like player of the bubble or something. He got like a Mickey mouse trophy or something. <laughs> I really think it was like Mickey mouse. I might be totally making that yeah. up. All the um, sports fans who listen to this podcast are probably like, these people have no clue
0: about sports. No, we don't. We're just chaplains. But just, speaking of of podcast and sports fans, do you guys ever listen to Soccer Soup? Have you ever listened to that podcast? <laughs> <The> Blank stares. <laughs> so, so Is this pod, like talk soup, but for soccer. Uh, kind of. It, they just changed the name. It used to be, um, I forget what it used to be. It used to be Benny Fellhaber, uh, Icopara, and Sal Zizo. and now. Oh. Um, Benny took a job change. Ike is moving on with, with kids and playing career and stuff. And so I think, um, still doing it, but cool. he's got, uh, Dan Gargan and Alan Gordon on the podcast now. And they renamed it soccer soup. Um, cause it's just a mix of talking. Well, I listened to last podcast, Grant Wall, uh, the SI soccer writer was on there and he asked these, there was, there was these two questions they asked of Grant. Um, one is... They asked Grant to name Soccer City USA. Can you guys guess what his answer was? Well, we all
1: know the right answer is Portland. But he probably said something else.
0: But John,
2: where else could you possibly like LA? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. A- so his choices were Portland, Seattle, Atlanta. It was LA. And then there were two other choices in there, I think. There were quite a few choices. It was yeah. it was kind of an odd question. So He did say Portland as Soccer City USA, but he put an asterisk on it because he said once St. Louis kind of comes into the mix, he's curious if St. Louis will rival Portland because St. Louis has kind of carried the Soccer City USA moniker for a number of years, even though they've had no professional soccer there for quite a while now. So,
1: Well, as soon as they start having – sold out every sold, every one of their MLS teams sell out every match. And then their Mm -hmm. women's team average 18,000 people a, a match. Then, then we can have that conversation. But for now we'll go ahead and continue to, to proudly wear our badge as soccer city.
0: Yeah. Grant, Grant said it was Portland. He did. He did. But you know, the, the, the question is what happens when St. Louis gets in, into the mix. So, with nothing. that though <laughs> nothing. With letters. that though, the, the question was asked, uh, Grant, in your opinion, what is the worst league team in MLS? You guys oh. venture a guess? Oh, I'm not touching. that. I'm not that. going
2: there. Uh-huh. No. The worst league team. Like, no, no, no. Is, what, like I'm what, not asking like, you guys like to say or...
0: no, I'm not asking you to say your opinion on the worst league team. I'm asking you to guess what was Grant's answer.
2: Oh, well, no, that I'm, still feels
1: scary. <laughs> I know, but hey, quali- qualify a little bit like what you mean by the worst league team. Are you talking about like just the franchise or their performance or the city and the fans that support them? Because it, I think that can differ.
0: Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you two clues. Grant said, he qualified it. He said, most absentee owner. And then Alan Gordon, one of the hosts, said, player graveyard players go here oh. to die
1: i'm gonna just um stick to my chaplain duties and pray for all people involved <laughs> and just not
0: even go there oh ben I mean, you're so I politically don't, correct it's nice
1: just, I don't see which the irony did. is
2: yeah i don't it's feel like really ben and i are politically mm-hmm. correct but i'm not touching this one
0: you, you guys you guys are <laughs> smart well Grant I mean, Wall. I have
1: opinions. opinions. I could tell you. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't I'm, want
2: your opinion. I want you to guess what Grant
0: said. Um, well,
1: uh, Chivas is no longer in the leagues. So, <laughs> so we, what is,
0: <laughs> Oh, what guys, it was Colorado. Who, what did he say? It was my team. It was Colorado. Oh, really? Oh, I don't dagger. think I would have Wait, said that.
2: Wait, hold up. Is this just MLS?
0: Yeah, it was just MLS. (laughs) You could have said something then. Christina, I don't think that's fair, though.
1: I don't think I would have said Colorado.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, Grant prefaced it. He said, you know, based on the ownership, he felt like Mm -hmm. from some of his interviews with other MLS owners, they're like, we've never seen Stan Kroenke. We've never met Stan Kroenke. And so, you know, whereas you have – different MLS owners that are super active, super involved. Um, I think that was Grant's basis for kind of making that commendation or discommendation, whatever, whatever the phrase would be. But anyway, I just, I raised my hand and said, yeah, that's why I'm a chaplain is, you know, people like Grant think Colorado's a (laughs) worst league team. (laughs) I started crying. Oh Did you, well, a little, it hurt a little bit. It probably stings a little bit. It, it does a little bit. I I think to be honest, though, Denver is. I mean, we're we're Bronco crazy, so I I think that's tough in and of itself. Like, will we ever get crowds like Portland or shall I say Seattle um, and uh, Atlanta? I I don't know. If we'll ever get those kinds of crowds, but I'm hopeful one day. And you know, for me as a chaplain, that doesn't really. I mean, that's not the thing that energizes me to do my work, so.
1: Is oh, well. the, I mean, I think part of the struggle is just like having the stadium way out from the city and, you know, I think you've, we've found the recipe for success is having that urban, you know, stadium where people have quick access to it and yeah. large amounts of young people can go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I th- I think Maybe again that's
2: some heated seats in there.
0: <laughs> we do have some great history though with our with our team, the Snow Classicos we've had as as we call them, whether they're U.S. Men's National Team or our our own Snow Classicos. Yeah,
1: so. we played you guys uh, to a crazy three three draw to open the season.
0: Yeah, was that twenty nineteen? Sure, eighteen.
1: It was nineteen, I think. It was yeah, fun. that was
0: nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was co- it was cold. And I'm out there in a suit and tie, usually freezing freezing in those kinds of games, unless I can find a, a warm corner of the stadium to hide in.
2: <laughs> you go in a suit and tie. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's that's what the staff that, wear. Oh. Let's, let's, talk let's about not that. let's not talk about that.
1: Christina, I, when I first started as a chaplain, Brad wanted me to wear a suit and tie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh
2: no. <laughs> not you know in what, Christina, we should get
1: you in like one of the um like the suit and tie. That'd be That's, great. Yes. Like the,
0: yeah. I'm going to put all of you in a suit and tie. How's that?
2: I make? showed up to one of the games and it was kind of like a crop, crop top leopard tee, in my Air Max and my jeans. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I was talking to someone and they were like, it makes sense that you look like this and you are Portland's chaplain. And I was like, I don't know what you mean <laughs> what by that, that mean? but I'm going to take it as a as a win.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. If I showed up in a crop top, yeah. I mean,
2: you could come to Portland and you'd be fine. No one would ask anything of it. I'd
0: I'd need a lumberjack uh, plaid. That's what I would need. Although, uh, yeah, it's funny. Didn't Alan Gordon play for you guys for a little while, Benjamin, didn't he? No. I thought he did.
1: No, he played in L.A. Did he play in Seattle maybe? I thought – we, someone Alan someone had played.
0: a story about Alan taking the chainsaw and cutting a piece off the log, and he, but he dug the – he got the chainsaw into the ground. No. Wasn't Alan Gordon. Nice. Man. He, we, we don't. We now, really don't know what we're talking about here, do we?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we really don't. He could have like uh, scored and then like gone over. I think – I do remember – who was it? Like – I feel like somebody went over and mocked the log cutting thing one time maybe.
0: Maybe that was him because he's he said Portland ground crew was not happy with him because he oh. he had done something to the turf with the chainsaw. So we'll have to investigate that story and get get back later at, at it. So um guys we we've talked about it a little bit already but um, how different does this year feel to you guys from last year just in terms of like I I recall how I felt right around this time. I felt like, "Oh my goodness, are we even going to have a seat?" Oh,
1: hang on. Alan Gordon played for the Timbers.
0: Ex Timber striker Alan Gordon. What what I, year was he there? Well, that's what this I'm is going to show how good or bad of a chaplain I
1: thought Alan. I maybe I was thinking, can we cut this whole section? We no, spent
0: this is hilarious.
1: No, but it wasn't in the MLS. It was USL, that's why I didn't. Ah.
0: Well see you aren't chaplain, so you're not beheld to I know. anything.
1: Yeah, he played at Oregon State. Yeah, but he didn't yeah, that was back in the day. How funny. How funny.
0: Man. Well I'm glad you researched that up. Because now I know we, that I'm um, not a I'm not an idiot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we need to uh prep for this podcast in the future, Brad. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Brad, when we said, what do you want to talk about? And you're like, oh, just keep it no, fresh. We'll just, we'll this, just, is,
0: this is what we'll makes it check. fresh and fun is we <laughs> don't know what we're talking about sometimes. Some of us. Anyway, how does this year feel to you guys? Different from last as, as chaplains for your teams?
1: Well... <laughs> You know, last year, the season started with like, okay, here we go, another season. And then COVID hit really quickly into it. And I was like, so then you're like, oh, weird. So this is the first season to actually start in COVID protocol. Mm. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: whereas last year we had to adjust and like kind of felt like somebody took something away from us. This year, I just feel like I'm not as useful or not being, cause we're not, you know, able to be around the players. And so I, I mean, to be honest, it, it's, i just feel like I'm in a routine of my own world and it, I'm like, Oh yeah, the timbers are playing. Like, it's just,
0: yeah. yeah
1: it's like, we're not involved. It's like, we're not a part of it, even though we're still trying to connect with players, you know, through zoom and stuff. It's just, it's just weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge, right? Like we, Last year we started with our rhythms. Yeah. And then we had to adjust as you said. And then we had to find like this new rhythm and now it's like even the new rhythm that we may have learned last year won't hold true for this year necessarily all year, so we're going to have to adjust again. But not adjust back to something, but adjust to something new and new normal, so to speak. Do you do you feel that way, Christina?
2: Yeah, honestly, while Ben was talking, I was trying to remember time because like everything just feels like a giant pile of what is time. Um, I think, I think the NWSL was a little bit different though, because the women chaplains kind of, we saw chaos was heading our way (laughs) and, um, and so uh, for the women, they all ended up in Utah in these really bizarre bubbles, and we decided to go through um, a book together, all of us across the board. And so, like, for every team chaplain, different pockets of people, and so that felt more unifying than a typical year. So, um, I think as a chaplain for me, I it just like, what is normal anymore? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think probably what was unique about last year, I mean, yeah, last year was unique because everyone was just stuck somewhere. And so there weren't a bazillion different distractions. And um, and so I actually got to know people a little bit better last year. And this year, I think it's a little bit of a halfway in between a normal season and what we experienced last year. And so for me, I, I do feel like I'm a little bit out of the loop, kind of like what Ben was saying, like, I, you know, the day before I knew they were playing the thorns, but like the day before I was like, Oh yeah, we're starting the season. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not all the hype and the being in the stadium and feeling the energy. Um, I think even the city is a little bit different, um, Oh. Because the city thrives off of soccer season, yeah. Mm. So um, sure. it's it's not just you know the siloed out. What are the timbers and the thorns feeling like? You know, it's like the whole city feels different. Downtown feels different. So,
0: yeah, that know. you know that's that's interesting. You, you mentioned that because that's a very different vibe. Uh, I had wanted to have uh, Billy from Nashville on here, and last year Nashville had the tornadoes and then COVID. yeah, mm-hmm. And so it felt like one thing after another, but bombing, the bombing. Yeah, the bombing yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. Um, that kind of got, uh, I overlooked that, but for, for something, when you talked about the team being in the middle of the, of the city and affecting the city in the way that it does Portland, mm-hmm. what different ramifications it has on, on your whole culture. Um, your whole people that, that live and you commune with, um, it's, it's tremendous. So, wow. Ben, Ben, how have you seen that? How have you felt that in particular with, with the city itself?
1: You know, I think maybe we talked about this a little bit on our last podcast, but I don't, um, Portland, Portland needs a hug. I mean, we're, we've had a rough year. I mean, Mm -hmm. COVID has hit the city really hard I think we're the last major city of like the top 50 size cities in the country that still has the form of city government that we do where the mayor doesn't appoint city council members. They're elected. And so what ends up happening in our city, we are it's 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 one of those things. It's very ironic where Portland's um, moniker is like the city that works. (laughs) And, And it's just it's ironic because it's really like the city that doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is because the mayor who gets elected around like, okay, these are policies, these are things I'm going to try to do for our city, but then five city commissioners are also elected and they're appointed to different, you know, like I'll oversee the parks department or I'll oversee transportation, whatever the different, you know, divisions are that they manage. Well, the mayor can't really have an agenda because if the mayor puts forward a proposal, all the commissioners have to approve it. Well, they're answering to their constituents. And yeah. so they're answering based on how they want to get elected instead of being like, Oh, the mayor appointed me the commissioner of the parks because I know things about the parks. And so it makes sense for me and I'll work with the mayor for, to push the mayor's agenda. So long story short, we have a city that doesn't work. Um, we had COVID hit and we have a huge, enormous, Um, crisis and mental health and um, homelessness. And so you have this melting pot. Well, then the social justice movement happens and Portland is very active and engaged in social justice movement. And so we had a lot of protesting um, and we were kind of the epicenter for a lot of that that was happening across the country. So downtown, it just kind of turned into um a war zone. Like you drive down there and every building is boarded up. There's graffiti on every wall, there's homeless people, um, you know, just lining the streets, and there's no business. Mm. There's no and no one's going to work because of COVID. Whereas normally like the the flow of traffic would kind of bring the city to life and 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 now it just it just feels really Sad. And so I know I don't mean to give Portland a bad rap, but at the same time, like I think because the Timbers and Thorns stadium is downtown, that the energy that came from the match days that brought people into the city was part of the health and the life of like, Hey, no, we're still keeping our town vibrant. We're still believe in Portland, even though there's things about it that don't work. We are bought in like it was a unifier for us the the team Portland very much supports the Blazers, the Timbers, and the Thorns. Like we believe in the and the Hillsboro Hops, and the I mean, like we really support our our teams. And the loss of that, combined with all those other things that happened this year, just really kicked our tail. Um, mm-hmm. So I think part of the rebuilding of our city and the health, um, the hug that it needs will be uh, honestly like matches and people being able to come back Uh, Mm -hmm. i think that will start to make people open their eyes to see the problems and be like you know what like we love our city we love our teams this what's going on isn't right we've got to change this and hopefully we can get um uh change our our policies and have a strong a strong
0: mayor system because we're the last one that's holding out to a broken system so let's let's
1: keep going yeah portland
0: you know it's so interesting, Ben, that that you've you've mentioned that because uh, both of you have said in separate podcasts that your team is part of the heartbeat uh, of of Portland, and and so when when you're part of that kind of a system, right, and and blood is circulating and flowing, right, you 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 need it for the overall health and well being, and and I've been there, right, I've 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 watched the supporters march down the street for a Timbers game. I've seen the crowds in, uh, for a Thorns game and been absolutely jealous as a Rapids chaplain and fan. Um, but, but to see the, if the heartbeat isn't able to circulate, um, that sort of vibrancy to its people. Yeah. I wonder if there's a a certain deadness that's felt amongst its people. And, um, I wonder, you know, getting, getting a little CPR shock back to the system and getting, uh. MLS and NWSL back will will help um, help see Portland get back to thriving ways hopefully so I'm, I'm excited to to see that happen. Yeah, for you we guys.
1: we thank you, thank you. We need it, and uh, our city needs it. Uh, our fans need it. I need it. Like I I was over by the stadium the other day and just was like, man, I miss coming here. Like there's just um, you know it's it's interesting, Brad. I don't know. We could maybe talk about sacred space on a different podcast, but there's something about like, you know, having that, um, that space, that third space where people gather to have community. And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people that, that is their, their church, that is their, their holy ground. And I, I don't see it that way, but I do think that there's a lot of beauty that comes from gathering people around a cause and i think people experience some of the same joys that they might experience from gathering uh, that we experience as a christian community when we gather for worship on sundays
0: yeah uh, yeah no for sure i i see the stadium even at dick's even how remote it is from the from denver itself that it is a cathedral for people it it is the place where they go and and there's a liturgy there's there's sort of these worshipful songs that get sung, these chants, there's this camaraderie, there's this communion, this fellowship. And and when those things are missing, um, it makes my job sometimes easy as a chaplain to begin to share with people and translate it over into my own Christian faith and experience. And not that it's perfect, but um, yeah, there is a place. And and so the sacredness of space is important. And And, and even more importantly, I think, as a chaplain I've seen God do things outside of the walls of a church and sometimes in the confines of a stadium ground that are that are part of his purposes and plans which I don't fully understand but I am I am super hopeful that uh, we can all begin reworking in our particular cathedrals with our particular people to uh, point them again to uh to the one that's important so yeah
2: I think it's interesting too, if you think about, um, you know, when I go to Thornton's games, there's predominantly families and lots of people with, um, kids or just, it's, it's a really positive, Mm -hmm. happy vibe. (laughs) And, uh, I think especially, (laughs) You know, you think about, um, like they're investing, I would say like the best thing I could describe about the environment of, uh, you know, in particular, I'll just speak to the thorns, but you have little kids there and their parents have on purpose brought them there to see what, what the hope of the future looks like. They want to believe in women's sport and athletics and, and those kind of things they bring their whole little girl soccer team or, you know, little kid soccer team, even for that matter to the games, to see like this can be actuated. And I think that there's a really important element of hope and anticipation that comes with sport, you know, like for myself, I am not an athletic person, but I love the environment of athletics because of what it breeds um, in people's spirit. Like, they get excited. It's something that can unify people together, even though there's plenty of differences to divide us. But at that space, at that time, people feel supported and united um, towards other people who look like them, who um, have backgrounds like them. And I think that's something that's really important and that you need that in a city that I would say historically has we we love to fight for the underdog. We love to fight for a cause, and so um, yeah, you need but you need a spirit of hope and excitement to carry you through. So we'll see what the future looks like.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good word—a uh, spirit of hope and being united. I think even given Portland's history, um, which Ben, you, you've I remember you distinctly sharing with me as we kind of toured the city some of my first times there. And sharing about what Portland used to be and, and sort of this, hopefully a redemptive nature to what Portland can become for the future and and where it can grow to. And, and uh, it, I just think it's amazing. We get to walk alongside um, the heartbeats of our cities, uh, although the Rapids are growing there to be the heartbeat of Colorado. Um, you guys get a chance to be uh, chaplaining and serving uh, the heartbeat. So guys, why don't we do this? Why don't we end our time today? Would you guys just a short prayer for um, your team, your club, uh, your city as well, and then uh, and then I'll wrap it with a quick prayer, and then and then we'll be done.
1: Sounds good. Great. Let's pray, Father God. Thank you for this uh, day, uh, the sunshine that um, just brings uh, newness to our city and uh, shines a light on uh, things that need to be brightened up. And God, I pray that. Um, this season, uh, we just pray for our team, the the Timbers, Lord, I pray for all the players as they adjust back to, um, being in a regular routine and a rhythm with the season. And, and while this is still a unique year with COVID protocols, I pray that there would find, they would find some normality and some, um, rhythm themselves just so that they can be healthy with their families. And, And I just pray for, um, an injury-free season, Lord, just grant people, um, health. Um, and, um, I just pray for, uh, all the fans that, the, as, that love the team so much, Lord, that they would just, um, find joy in that, but also, um, through little things also be pointed to you, Lord. And we just thank you for the opportunity to serve alongside, um, you and ministry, um, to serve the team and the city.
2: God, we pray for the thorns. Um, I'm just grateful for this uh, this season to be a little bit different than last season. And uh, they get to be amongst the people who love them and care for them and that being their fans. God, we pray for uh, an overwhelming sense of um, just excitement and joy in the ability to participate in what so many of these people have worked so hard their entire life um, to get to this point. They have said many no's to things so they could say yes to this. And so, God, um, I pray that this year would uh, be honoring to you in the way that you've made each one of these people. And that uh, you would um, just, I encourage them to honor one another as competitors, as people who love the sport. And, um, God, we ask also for, um, just their wits to be about them, uh, that it's about the competition of the game and the sport, not, um, necessarily, uh, you know, fighting against one another. And, um, a lot of the, the, the struggles and temptations that come with uh, competition, God, I pray that you'd keep their minds straight and right. And, um, uh, God, we pray also for the city that you would uh, start to bring life back into the city of Portland through these two teams. Um, I know that they care a lot about Portland. And so I pray that you would um, just give wisdom to the people who make decisions um, that it would be a great uh, consideration of the city that they live in and that it would just pump life back into her.
0: God, thank you for, just the opportunity to uh, to share and speak with Ben and Christina today. And we want to lift up all the MLS clubs, all the NWSL clubs as they start on this journey of a season and the USL, which will begin here shortly. And Lord, I just pray for those in sort of governance and power you give them wisdom as we continue to navigate a difficult time a difficult season of life. Uh, one that we may never see again uh, or one that may become more frequent in learning how to adjust and and have to go through difficult times. May we rest and trust and lean on you. And I just pray that as we continue to serve the people that you put into our paths, that we would, as Christina said, be able to share with them uh, a true sense of hope and that they might be unified in their spirit as they understand and uh, uniquely get introduced to you. So, Uh, Whether and whomever that may be, I just pray that you'd give us great opportunity, give us great vision to see and help us to be available as much as we can to serve, to love, to show and extend grace, whether it's in uh, a parking lot, whether it's in a stadium ground, whether it's at training with elite athletes or with uh, a staff person, I just pray your blessing for the season amongst our teams, amongst our people uh, that you've called us to serve and we'll give you the praise and glory to see good things happen. I pray these things in your name, Amen. 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 Thanks, everyone, for listening today. You've been listening to Rev Brad. Oh, uh, Ben.
2: <laughs> hey, Christina.
1: <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a cool name in front of my name, Rev. I'm
0: Gosh. just Ben.
2: And here Christina. we go. Hello. <laughs> Why
0: you th- why yeah. you do this to us? I had this I'm putting the- I'm putting this in because it's should. it's funny. It's funny. Guys, so we'll, we'll see you see next um, time on from the touchline. Bye. <laughs>